11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Akeem Ward. Akeem, how's it going? It's going well, Paul, man. It's going well. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. So let's go uh, back in time. How'd you get started uh, in soccer? Um, Go way back to when I was probably like probably four. Like four was the first time or three or four kicking a ball around the house. Um. And it wasn't until like I was maybe maybe five or six with like organized soccer, and that was because of my uncle. Um, actually, was born and raised in New York, and I was playing out there for a little bit, and then we moved down to Virginia. But kind of my uncle and um, my uncles, the, they kind of brought me into the game. I ended up playing my cousins all the time and stuff like that. So my love of the game was kind of really early on. Um, I know it's different for different people. Mine was at a young age and. I've been kind of playing ever since and growing up to the ranks mm-hmm. and just progressively getting more and more serious with it um, as I've grown up and um, it's kind of helped me to where I'm at right now. Yeah, did you um, play any other sports growing up? Oh, I did. I did. I played basketball. I ran track. Tried out tennis. Not for me. But, yeah, those were the main ones. I played basketball and then I was deemed too short and I was like, that's fair enough. Okay. So, uh, and then you yeah, so. then you just started focusing on soccer. Yeah, so I was I was doing like when I was maybe like twelve, eleven, and twelve. And I was doing both, going back and forth, running to both of them. Um, obviously, I was like more passionate about soccer, but like, I enjoyed basketball. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, All right, it's time to just like kind of buckle down, and um, I was like, okay, soccer is the thing I've always wanted to do, and my basketball is just to help with extra things. With, different movements, fitness, stuff like that. So I was like, okay, um, soccer is you know, a pretty easy decision, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear when an athlete gives up the other sport. Usually, growing up, you obviously play multiple sports, so it's always interesting to hear like when mm-hmm. you were like, all right, I got to focus on soccer. Yeah. Um, and growing up in Virginia, were you on um, youth clubs, and did you play in high school, or did you not play in high school? Because I know it varies for everybody. Mm-hmm. So actually, I have like a, a lot of everything in there, actually. So um, the first one was, did I play youth in Virginia? Uh, I did for a little bit um, in like Prince William County, which is like an hour and a half drive from my house. Oof. And so like, got to the point where yeah, it was an hour and a half there and back. So like homework was never done at any table. It was always in the car. Um <laughs> Like, I ended up playing out there for a couple of years, and then I remember playing against this team in Maryland called Bethesda, 
And we just always would just get waxed over and over again. I'm like, well, who are these? Like, these kids are good. Like, who are, what, like, where, what is this? And um, I found myself, like, at that team, like, the next year. Um, and then, like, that team was way closer to my house. There's no more. It was, like, less than an hour or max an hour. Um, so it ended up becoming, like, the best thing for me because um, I was able to um, be, like, not have my mom travel super, super far mm-hmm. as well as, like, it was, it, was a, it was a better team. So that's what I did until about until about my freshman year in high school. I ended up playing freshman, like, freshman or varsity soccer or whatever, high school soccer for one year. And then the year after that, for um, the rest of my high school career, I moved out to Minnesota for boarding school to play uh, academy soccer um, at Shattuck St. Mary's. So. Oh, okay. So what, what was that like, moving from Virginia to Minnesota? Um, it was, it was first off, cold. Um, <laughs> That's what I was thinking right when you said Minnesota. <laughs> It was an absolute shock with cold. Like, I remember visiting the school um, in, like, for, like, a little top talent camp. And, and I went, and it was, like, I was wearing, like, hoodies. Like, not thinking. I didn't, I didn't understand. My mom was having hoodies and stuff like that because we didn't really know about Minnesota. Yeah. And it was, like, I guess it was kind of cool. be fine. But I was, like, man, it was, like, 10 degrees, and it was, like, a shock to me. Um, but it was, it, was, it was a good experience. Like, now the cold is honestly nothing for me now. Um, but it was, it was a cool experience. So I ended up going down there on that, what, 13, 14. And, and it was just there, there until college. So I was there and it was, it was different because like parents, your parents weren't like doing everything for you. I learned how to do my own laundry. I learned how to have time management. I learned how to be able to do a homework on the road for real. And I had to grow up fast. You lived in the dorm with, lived in the dorm with all guys. Uh, it was a co-ed school, but, like, all guys lived in a dorm. It was, like, maybe 120 dudes. And, like, there was, like, maybe, like, 10 showers the whole place. So you got to learn to get up early. Mm-hmm. If you want to shower and get to, to class and stuff like that. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a really big thing for me to grow up. And, like, I don't know where I'd be if I, I didn't go there because it helped kind of create the relationship I still have with people as well as, like, it helped me grow, like, exponentially in, in the soccer world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just from a living standpoint, that's like going to college before going to college. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I was in a dorm. I was like, man, like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, a, like dorm, dorm stuff. Like lock my door, everything. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm so interested. But how did you? How did you end up going to a school in Minnesota? Like, how did they recruited you? So yeah, they they, they recruited. So they recruited me. Like it was like very like baseline. Like, hey, come to a, a top talent camp. I was talking to you about. But one of my friend, one of my best friends at the time, his sister was going to the school already. So like we kind of knew of it, but we're like we're like, eh, I don't know, it's Minnesota. That's the first one that everyone's response. Minnesota, dude. Like it's Minnesota. You know, like yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's not like it's not the biggest problem. But I ended up going out to the camp, and I was like, I, I really loved it, and I was like, yeah, I really want to go. And then like that camp was maybe was in was in the winter or something like that, and then I found myself there and and. It was, uh, it was a winter, I think, almost up there in January. Just, like, things were just starting to kick off, like, boom. So they do recruit, and they do recruit a lot of kids. And I think that's, like, ramped up now because of the program. And, like, when I first got there, it was maybe, like, two, three, or maybe a year or two into the academy, like, kind of lifestyle, which mm-hmm. is, like, different because it used to be a club team that was recruiting kids all over the country. But now it was an academy team doing that, which was way easier to do. Um 
but like they recruited a lot of kids I know, but with me they kind of like lightly recruited, sent an email and then they saw me at the top town camp, me and my friend, they're like, yeah, we want you guys to come, kind of thing. Yeah. And then what what was your recruiting process like for college out of, out of there? So it was actually, it's, it's I wouldn't say it's, it was easier, but it was difficult for me in the sense that like, when it comes to schools I like really, really wanted to go to, which was like the back to the East Coast, because like all these teams, like all these people, everything, even friends out here, like, where'd this guy go? He just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just gone. Like, because the academy season is 10 months, and we were, if we made playoffs, which we did about every year, it became maybe almost 11 months, and then you come home for maybe a month and stuff like that. So I'm, I was barely home. I was really barely home. I, like, um, if I was home, uh, I was maybe just training and stuff like that. If I wasn't like, if I, I was on break, then I was like visiting a friend or something like that from from school. So it was like it was just weird in that sense that I was just always always gone. But yeah. All right, and then you you ended up going to NAIA school. So how did how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And then um, I know you ended up transferring D one, which I'm assuming that was your ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes. So like when, so I'll go back to the previous question because I didn't question, I didn't answer that properly. I'm sorry. So like the that whole process with me, I kind of went into it briefly with the East Coast and stuff like that. Um, a lot of coaches like we've got to go and stuff like that. But I did get exposure when um, we went to like the college showcase down in like um, Florida for the academy and stuff like that. So coaches were down there and stuff like that, but. A lot of coaches on the East Coast like to keep the kids on the East Coast there. And same with the West Coast and same with the Midwest. And if they see a kid they really like, they go out and get them and kind of do that process. Like, So with me, I was in the Midwest, so a lot of Midwest teams were contacting me. And then I kind of had like a breakout year in my junior year. And like a lot of teams were like UCR, Lake Forest, all these teams were contacting me. Um, I was doing well. And then the process of recruiting changed for me because I broke my ankle. I kind of I shattered my ankle um, on the outside, tore ligaments on the inside of my left ankle, and had to have surgery. So my year was done. Um, plate and six screws were put in my ankle. It was just done. It was a wrap for me for that year. And like everyone knows, junior and senior year, junior year, if you're like a top player, you're already committed. Like the schools are, like, the schools are are not waiting. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a revolving door. Like, oh, you're out. Okay, sorry, sorry. We got to do this to the next kid. And it's it's even. That revolving door is even faster in the pros. So it was kind of foreshadowing for, for the future for me. But um, I got, so I ended up getting hurt. And then, yeah, so that I could just kind of shut everything down for me, like recruiting-wise. And the next year, my senior year was me trying to get all the teams back and stuff like that. And the interest wasn't there as much. And um, we used to have every winter called a winter showcase down at Shattuck. Um, and probably like 40, 50 like, college coaches would come down and just watch. So it was like a really good exposure like that. And most of them, some most of them be Midwest teams, maybe odd here and here, like East Coast teams, but they'd all just drive down so like that and hang out and just, just watch us play like for the weekend. We'd have like three games like and stuff like that. And it was a really, it was a really, it was a really fun time because it always make it fun. We always play against our rival, like the last game of the night and all that stuff. So it was a really good experience. And I think the college coaches still go down and do that now. Like still, um, because they valued it and they, they can get players, they can see players 
and different kind of atmosphere than they do in like the college showcase where just everyone's watching, you know. So I think Shed did a really good job about that. So my senior year I didn't really get too many interests, but because I was uh, I was young enough, um, I was able to do what we call a postgraduate year. So I ended up graduating my senior year, but I returned to the school again. I had my diploma, everything. I just took a few college courses and then like literally just didn't really do too many like difficult courses because I really wanted to focus on getting into college and like getting getting a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up talking to Creighton and like yeah, at the moment we don't have the money. And the guys in your position as our captain and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, now I, was, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't too understanding of. I didn't understand what registering and all that stuff was. So they're like, you can come here register, like not play for you. I was like, not play for a year. I was like, nope. I understood that. I, I understood like, I, I don't want to not play for a year. So Hastings at the time was like, um, a little little brother to Creighton. They've taken guys from there. NAI school, yeah. so kind of originally I talked to I talked to the coaching staff and they said, okay, we'll, we'll have you stay there for uh, two years, and and we'll bring you we'll bring you up when, when we think you're ready and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just take that deal. You know, that's the deal I want. I want to go to a really good D1 school. Like I'll take that deal right now. So because I knew they were pushing up pros left and right, I was like, okay, I'll bite my tongue, do my time, and and take care of what I do. So I end up being at Hastings. One semester and then transferring to Creighton for two years. Oh, it's dope. Yeah, so, so it worked out. Yeah, so I ended up working out all, all together. So I was there one semester, um, and then next thing you know, sophomore year, I'm uh, I'm starting. So it was a really, really, really crazy story and, and windy, windy, and how things were weren't on, were so uncertain and stuff like that. And then uh, I found myself driving on the Creighton campus, like, oh, I guess I go here now. So yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's recruiting story is different and crazy and ups and downs and all this stuff and then yeah what was your experience like at Crane you played three years right three seasons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's, that's another up and down story as well because my sophomore year was um was kind of my I'll say my senior year is kind of my big big breakout year because it helped me get into the combine and get become a pro but my sophomore year was like no fear kind of thing I was I was, I was just kind of blowing out doing my thing and then Maybe eight or nine games in, I broke my foot, and I was done for the rest of the year again. So that was, like, very disappointing. I was like, man, I literally just broke something, like, almost three years ago. Like, yeah. But, like, I broke perfectly in the spot that I was, like, I wasn't able to play, and I was going to be able to heal. And, and if we made it back in time, I remember training. We made it to the Sweet 16. If we would have won that game, I would have been able to at least, like, attempt to play in the Elite Eight if we were to make it that year. Um, we ended up losing, which is which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I played like maybe twelve games in the year, or, or a little bit more than that, and I just wasn't eligible to to take a medical redshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was kind of in there, and my junior year was like a year for me to try to get back into it, which was which was difficult because eventually, like I was, I've always been a right back that can play on the left side, but I, I, I kind of converged into left back that year. That year was very difficult with me, like, statistics-wise, and just, like, learning how to play on the left side is, is very different. There's nuances that aren't taught, and then you have to learn. And I'm thankful I did. And I was just thrown there. I was, I'm thankful for that because now, now that's what kind of differentiates me from most players, that I can play left back uh, kind of seamlessly and not, like, it won't, it won't be a problem, like, oh, I don't know if he can use his left foot. Like, I, I can. I can use both. 
and that's I kind of a testament to youth, my youth. Uh, honestly, my mom and youth. She'd always, she'd always be like, okay, school will be left for it at $10. Like, I'd always go work on that stuff as a youth. And then older, like, I got older, and then I kind of was put in a situation where I had to. And, like, I had to adapt. Either that or I wasn't going to play. So I ended up doing that my junior year and just getting better. And then in my senior year, I kind of I kind of went off. And goals and assists and, and did well. And then I ended up going to combat and then drafted by D.C. So, like, Ultimately, I'm very grateful that my coach just tossed me there and said, you're better than other guys playing there, so just, just go there, you know? Just, just just try your best. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing, and then it all worked out, so. Yeah, and then what was um, just, like, training for the draft like, and um, did you know, like, D.C. United was going to pick you? Um, so training for the draft was very, like, um, it was – it was stressful because I didn't know exactly stuff I needed to be doing. But I was very, very, very happy that my other teammate was with me. So there was two of us going to the combine. So we were both training together and, like, doing that. Cause if I was on my own, it would have been horrible. So as soon as the season ended, our strength coach said, all right, I'm letting you guys have a plan and everything. We're going to do this, this, and this. So I was stressed, but at the same time I had structure, which is very good. But at the same time, it was very hard to manage our bodies because we just play a full season and, like, compacted into three months. Like, so... It's very, it was very difficult to take off and as well as very difficult to keep grinding and try to get fitter. So it was kind of a, a stalemate for a little bit. But um, I, going to the combine and seeing everybody else, I felt good at, at what we did. And I felt that a uh, strength coach helped us a lot because I, know, I remember seeing a lot of kids really, really, really tired. I was like, oh, everyone else is tired too. Okay, that's good then. I'm not as tired as them, which, which is good. So... That's what it came down to, just managing our bodies and understanding, like, when to push and when to just kind of deload off. Because we, we did just play a season, but you need to be as, as the top form as you can to showcase what you can do. And so that, I was lucky I was, I was enough to, to be able to do that. And same with my teammate. We both um, ended up getting drafted. Um, so that when it came down to D.C., I had, I had an interview with them. Like, during the combine, you have interviews, depending on, I guess, how you do. You have more and more interviews. So I maybe had 12 or 13 interviews with different teams, or maybe more, a little more than that. And DC was, and I interviewed with them, but I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like, they're good people. I've, 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 I've been around them for, like, years and years and years. Um, like, there's a whole backstory to that, but I'll get to that eventually. But um, I was like, years and years and years. Um, they're cool, but the team I really, really wanted to go to was um, was Minnesota United or FC Cincinnati. I, I just really liked the organization in Minnesota United. I already trained with them the summer before, and I, I was in Minnesota. I technically I consider myself at that point like a Minnesota boy because that's where my like, growth, growth came from, my exponential growth. So I was like, man, it'd be great to go back to Minnesota. You know, like all my, all my friends are there, all that stuff. So I really like... I was one pick away, but um, I was one pick away from both those teams. I was SC Cincinnati picked before, then it was DC, and then Minnesota United picked after. So it just it didn't work out in the way I wanted to, but I was still very, very grateful um, for the opportunity that DC was giving me. So I was like, man, you should be drafted. And then even to think about it, you were, I, was, I, was, I had the ability to come home. So that's what really helped me get my peace of mind is that my mom was super, super happy, my family. Super happy for me to be finally like coming home because it's been it, probably about eight years yeah. since I was actually home for more than three weeks at a time. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely crazy. This is a crazy ride right there. And um, and I know you only got to play in one MLS game, and um, then you mm-hmm. unfortunately got cut by DC United. And then I know you're playing. You're playing in the USL. So what was the, like mm-hmm. the two the whole 2009 season like? I meant 2019. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, man, 2009. What was I doing, man? <laughs> no, um, the whole season was an up and down. It was a roller coaster. Um, but honestly, like looking back, I would not have it any other way because I learned so much, and that's what I value is learning and growing. And I do think I made growth as a pro. And to even have teammates and, and, and the coaching staff I had, that did have this year, with two different, I actually played on technically, you could say three different teams in the year because I was loaned out to Loudoun as well on mm-hmm. um, the USL team. That was DC Loudoun and, and the Birmingham Legion. So it was very very interesting year. Um, so when I first got there, and, and I was actually I did very very well preseason. You know, doing very well. I was kind of being shaped as a starter potentially like that, but they end up buying a, uh, or getting guy on the phone who's big money um, from Boca Juniors um, with experience, you know, and they went with him, sadly, so it is what it is from that aspect, but eventually I got my opportunity um, and in a sense got my opportunity. We played away against Toronto. Like, I played left wing back and I had like the full starting squad wasn't out there, but I guess it was Deemed is enough, which is which is not a problem. You're, you're a pro; you have to figure it out. Um, but that game was that game was that game was difficult because that was when Toronto was starting to hit their form. So it was it was just a real experience. Now I always remember it, and um, I hope I can make more memories like that to come and be kind of a, a member of an MLS team and, and and push push the kind of envelope like that. But that was a good first taste, and then from there, like. I remember I got hurt, and that's what kind of I think didn't help. Um, I hurt. I, I kind of strained my hamstring in my in my calf, and then I came back like maybe a day or two after I hurt the other one. Uh, so it was like both in and out, in and out of training as a rookie. Even as a, as a person who's injured, like being in and out, like you kind of like they're not gonna pay. They don't pay attention to you, which is like because they have to figure out other things, like. They, you're just not on their mind, you know, until you're healthy. And then as a rookie, it's even worse. You're just, you know, you're just, you're just there. So, um, like, you haven't, like, contributed. So, like, you're just there. So that was kind of, like, what didn't help me over the summer. Um, that I got injured and I came back. And then things didn't work out at Loudoun, um, I guess. So it's, it is what it is from that aspect. And then uh, um, as soon as I was released, um, maybe on... Uh, Two, two, three days later, um, I got a phone call from Tommy Son down at Birmingham Legion uh, or a text saying, hey, call me and stuff like that. Um, your assistant coach passed along some information. Like, love to talk to you. And I was like, okay, perfect. And boom. This is this is great. Like, I was, it was without a job, so to speak, for more than three days. And, like, that just invigorated my hunger. And, like, just I was ready to get down there and get going. And like I didn't hear, I didn't, hadn't heard much about them, but I googled everything. I saw what was going on. They're like maybe two spots away from the playoffs, but they're like on pa- on paper that was one of the best one of the best UFO teams this year, no doubt. And looking at the people I play with, I'm like these are some of the best players that I've really played with. And um, 
like on paper, like we were legit. And even even when I got there, I was like, oh, these guys are legit as well. Um, so got down there and make, made a push for the playoffs. We ended up getting in. Like one of the only, like, in one or two teams, like the initial, because it was Birmingham's first year in, in, in the USL. So we were one of the first teams to get in. And I was like, I was, I was, I was super excited because it, like, it was me and another guy. Um, Anderson Osiga, who was released from Atlanta. Me and him got there, and we kind of helped, like, set the tone and the push because that team wasn't doing particularly well, but they had the players and they had the coaching staff to do it. It just wasn't clicking. Um, and uh, I'm very happy that when I got there, like, I was able to help the team the way I was. Same with Anderson. We made a push, and we ended up getting the playoffs and winning our first game. And the second game didn't go so great, but it was a great season because, you know, people didn't even expect us to even get in. So I kind of pushed, pushed um, the expectations a little bit higher for the next year. So we'll see how that goes for them. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good year. It was a good year. People can see on the outside look at him like, man, that looks like, a, that looks like, that looks like sad. Like, you know, he went from there to there. Like, at the same time, sometimes you got to do that. You got to, you got to, you gotta bite your tongue just like I did at Hastings mm-hmm. and just do your time and just just always worry about getting better and contributing in any way you can and then it's all about waiting for the right, right opportunity it's just like I always say the revolving door so enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players well how would you like to work with professional players one on one now you can with B Pro by Perfect Soccer Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Definitely. Are you a, are you currently a free agent or are you still signed with them? No, I'm currently a free agent right now. So, pulling things out, trying to figure out what's next. Um, I know the time was ticking, but the Quincy, I talked to Quincy about it recently. He's like, I was like, yeah, I think my bad spot. He goes, like you're young, you're healthy, you have no obligations, you have no debt. Like you're in a perfect spot. I said, oh man, you always find a way to to, to make it a positive Quentin. And I respect him for that, and I'm um, I'm trying to latch onto that too because I've, I've been a positive person. But when you get into a negative situation, mm-hmm. it's very easy to go negative. Yeah, so I think him to be able to, to help and guide me along has been very very good, um, especially through DC and then. I was at Birmingham and now reconnecting when I when I, when I come back to the DMV area. And uh, yeah, tell me about a little bit about uh, the company you have, uh, the f- the football lab. Oh, so coming up, football lab. So me and my business partner Timothy Brandon Daniels, um, we started. We've been coaching a, a club that my little brother's been at for um, a few years now. We kind of had this idea while at DC, uh, so like. We know a lot of people are, are training kids and, and doing that as well, and, and that's a part of it as well. But at the same time, we, we, we believe that we can like help kids take their stuff, like their game to the next level um, by like adding things that they've never done before, like tactical knowledge that's never talked about, like until, at least not in, in, not, not in this country, until like you're maybe 15, something like that. If I can get that across to a 12-year-old, understanding why you do this and how to do it, and like increasing their knowledge of the game from just simply like I don't think kids watch as much 
soccer as I did as a kid. I was watching Premier League games left and right over the weekend um, <laughs> all the time. So, like, we're emphasizing that the, the, the tactical part of the game is a very, very big part of it, uh, as well as the technical and the knowledge, as well as, like, just we want to give them confidence. We want to be able to, like, increase anything they want um, on and off the field. Um, and also, we provide um, strength and conditioning sessions. So we've had kids with younger head of like 10, 10 doing strength and conditioning. And it's not like weights. It's not weights at all. It's like, it's literally things that I was doing at DC United when it comes to ladder work, footwork, speed work to increase their, their speed. And I know they're still growing. But it's also to help them learn. So when they're put in that situation, it's, it's just like, it's boom. It's like knowledge that they've already had. It's kind of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's what we're pushing for right now, and um, we're trying to grow it. Um, right now, we're, we have football teams that we're doing for the winter. Um, it's been easier since I've been home, but it was very difficult. I started up in late late June, and then I was released in July. So it was very difficult to keep things going. Um, but yeah, so we provide elite one-on-one sessions, small group sessions, and then strength and conditioning sessions. And then currently in the winter, we do we do futsal. Um, so we're just helping grow all that stuff, and hopefully we'll have merchandise and stuff out in the next month or so. Um, so so yeah, that's that's where, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's cool. I love seeing uh, athletes, students, stuff uh, you know, out the field and giving back. Uh, you ready for the five so, yeah. Quincy questions? think so <laughs> i don't know if anyone yet answered all five because i most of the time someone says all right i don't know just pass on that one. <laughs> oh, i don't think Chris will do that. <laughs> all right so what do you think is the most important quality or skill that you feel is the largest contribution to your success as a pro player so far my my biggest skill yeah or quality uh, my my ability to adapt, for sure, because when I, um, I was telling his youth, I said that, that teams like UCLA and they were coming after me and stuff like that. I was playing nine. I was playing a false nine then. I'm the outside back currently. So my ability to adapt growing up through my youth, I, I was playing every position possible, mm-hmm. um, which was which was really, really good for me. And I think that I, being able to adapt um, – but it wasn't until I was like really older, even at DC, that they were like, "Okay, you're gonna play left back preseason game here and here and here, and you gotta do this, this, and this." And I was like, "Oh man, like, yeah, I played left back in college a little bit, but like, this is different. This is like, you have to have a different level of comfortability." Um, I think my ability to adapt on the fly and and kind of learn helped me, helped me grow. Um, Help me um, even get drafted. And anyway, because at the combine I was playing right, I was playing left back first off, and then I went to right back. And people were like, "What?" They were so confused. Like, "What do you mean?" What do you mean he plays both sides? Because there's maybe there's maybe like one other kid, and that was not by like purpose. He just put at left back. So mm-hmm. like I, I wrote down left and right back, and, and people know me as a left and right back. Um, so I think that my ability to adapt has. Um, has definitely helped me as, as a pro. Gotcha. What's what's the biggest mistake you think most pros are making? Um, the biggest mistake I think pros are making 
is they think they know what they're doing. Um, and I learned this. I learned this from Quincy um, because I thought I knew what I was doing, but I ended up finding out I had no idea at all. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. People think they know what they're doing. They think because they had a little bit of knowledge that like they understand what's going on. But as I've learned and, uh, and as I can stress now, that experiences are knowledge. Knowledge isn't knowledge. So yeah, I think it's thinking that you know more than you than you really do mm-hmm. is, is is kind of what pros are making mistakes at. And what advice would you give a young player trying to make uh, the MLS or a pro league? Um, you know, you know, the advice I would give them uh, a good one. Okay, I use I use yeah. I think I think so. Give it, the advice is that no matter how hard it gets, you always have to keep working, and like eventually people will come around and things will start to open up for you. It's when you stop working and you have doubt that you, things begin to slip. And I, I saw this firsthand with myself, and then I saw the complete opposite with Quincy America. This guy came in. People were like, who is this guy? What? Like, what is this, who is this guy? But Quincy slowly chipped away at people, kept working hard, showcased what he was able to do. And people were like, eventually people want him to come back to D.C. So... That's the best advice I could give because I saw it firsthand and I also experienced what happens when you don't do that. So that I think is work hard no matter what circumstance and understand that people people will doubt you. But as long as you know, people won't see what you see. You can have this goal and this dream um, and people won't see it. Even family members won't see it. You know, So as long as you stay hungry and you keep working, things will start to open up for you and then it's just all about when you when, when that door opens you always have to be ready for it that's what I'm saying always work hard always be ready for that one opportunity and when it comes just take advantage of it what is something most people think is true that you believe isn't um that soccer's fair that like I think people think that Maybe the outside perception is that, oh, he's just not good enough. That's why he got released from the team. But that's naive to think that. I think there's there's a lot more. There's, there's a lot of working pieces that even I haven't, even, that I haven't even learned about yet. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of working pieces that still kind of influence how things go within a club and how things work within a club. I think a lot of people believe that soccer's fair. If you're good, you're going to play. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish that were the case. I wish that were the case. If you're good, you'll play. I'm saying it's like this with every, every place, but from what I've learned in the even MLS and UFO system after this year, yes, if you're good, it, you have a better chance of playing, but that's not always the case. There's a lot of working pieces. Sometimes you won't get the answers you want, but... That is life, as Quincy was saying to me. You have to learn and adapt and, and and always kind of have a plan. There's, you should always understand that it can always get worse. And that's a, that's a Quincy quote through and through. Oh, it can always get worse. Uh, he's going to love this episode. <laughs> uh, la- last Quincy question. It's the hardest one. 
What is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Um, I think I'd fly over right now and, and go go on trials. Um, in Europe right now, just just don't worry about anything that's going on over here. Go over Europe and just try to go on trials because general general windows open. Some some teams start up in March. Um, just fly over and just give it a go because that's a big uncertainty yes i have my my european passport my british passport but at the same time um it's very 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 hard to get your foot in the door with kind of no resources but um i know i know i believe it's jada merrick was it jada merrick um one of these one of these american american guys went over there and, and it was big time he just went on trials 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 and I should, I should be able to do that, but I don't know if I can drop the the confidence and the, the strength to be able just to, to go do that, you know? Um, because that's that's the that's a really big risk. Because if I do that, then I can end up not having a team. So I think that's a, a a big fear of mine. Um, but but yeah. Well, congrats, because I believe you are the first one to answer all five Quincy questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for some fun off the off the pitch questions? Oh, great! Yes. <laughs> All right, who who's uh, one player that you want to exchange jerseys with? It could be anybody in the world. Even if he's not playing anymore. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um. So my favorite player of all time was Thierry Henry. So if I were to be exchange jerseys with him, that would be that would have been awesome. All right, I like that. Uh, what about what about any active players? Active players, um, probably probably Wilfred Zaha. I'm a Crystal Palace fan, and that that man is that man is something different. All right. What about what's your goals for 2020? Um. So my goals are to break into an MLS team. Um play for a national team because I have or right now I have two different citizenships and I'm working on getting a third I have to figure out if that's not allowed to do that but um, but yeah that's those are two main ones also I want to stay disciplined with my with my eating because coming from college I was really bad and I could just get healthy and, and all that stuff but but that's that's not something good. Um, so also be be in touch with with, with God. Um, I'm a spiritual man, but sometimes you you falter at, at, at times. And that's why I always say kind of save your time. And I'm gonna keep my faith and stuff like that. Definitely want to get a dog. That's a good one. That's, that's like a happy one. <laughs> yeah, no, I put that down as a goal. Get a dog, man. Um, what kind of dog? Um. I don't know. I was thinking about Australian Shepherd, but those things are really, really like active. Yeah. Um, those are beautiful dogs, but we're still getting there. That's like near the bottom of the list. I, I know for sure. I have to focus some other things, get myself sorted out before I get a dog, and we're both just a mess. <laughs> um, and so I'll uh, be able to um, I'll be able to pay for bills for my for my for my mom and dad pay bills in the house for my parents. And what do you like to do in your downtime? 
in my downtime. Yeah. Um. So I have a little brother. So me and him often, um, here and there, we'll get on the get on the video game sticks. We'll hang out and play. Like he, so, uh, I like playing with him. And he just turned 13 today, so he's he's kind of getting a bigger boy. I don't know if he knows wants to hang out with me anymore, but um. We, we do that and then I also play piano mostly time every now and then um what else do I do right now my free time it's not too much free time because those uh, business I'm trying to kind of get running and then figure it out and training with soccer so that's kind of what I do my free time and if not I'm hanging out with my grandparents because both my grandparents are, are around and help take care of them so that's, that's really that's what I really do mostly family oriented um, so, you know, I feel like I'm, they don't feel like this, but I feel like I missed eight years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to go back and kind of just live, have as much fun as I can with them. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, and last one, if you weren't a pro soccer player, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, man. that's I think that's harder than the quizzy question. <laughs> or what, um, like, what would be your dream, what would be, what would be your dream job? <laughs> Dream job. Yikes. Um, <laughs> wow, seriously. Um, well, what you, would you study in college? I was business marketing with a minor entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, I guess you're kind of doing really, it. Yeah, I feel like I'm... Yeah, so, yeah, so what we'll say, we'll say... No, Wall Street's too much. Um, <laughs> I can't even answer this one. This, this is the one that's going to take me out, huh? <laughs> um, that's a joke. We'll just we'll just say I, I like a, a all right. Here we go. We'll go like a motivational speaker. How about that? All right, I'll take it. All right, well, I like that one. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck in twenty twenty season. And could you let the people know where they can follow you at? All right, so you guys can follow me on Instagram. Um, at AJ Ward, um, ten fourteen, and then also on my Twitter, which is at Akeem A K E E M J Ward, um, and then also you should follow our Instagram for the Football Lab, which is the T H E Football F U T B O Lab, um. So, yeah, that's where you guys can follow me. I'm pretty active on all platforms. People message me, message back all the time. I love interacting. Um, I love this, 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 this whole thing right now I'm doing. It couldn't get any better, so. Yeah, again, appreciate it, and best of luck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Paul. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.